Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast, hosted by David and Seth. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, you know, it's it's going pretty pretty good over here. Um, you know, I I cannot complain about many things. Um, but you guys will definitely get to hear about some of the stuff that I have to complain about in a in a little bit here. You uh, got to ex- you got to experience some of it the other day. Yes. <laughs> but um uh, but other than that, no, life's life's good. Uh, you know, just living in the it's pretty crazy. I I feel like I haven't had a ton of time to play video games and that's cuz I I like look back and see all of the like pop culture stuff that I've had I've been ingesting lately and like movies and Game of Thrones and everything like that right. and it it really takes away from video game time. Yeah. That's true. One thing one thing I'm excited it's it's slightly not video game related and maybe you know this since you're caught up but um I've been watching the anime My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. And I've been really enjoying it. And it's actually made me interested in playing the video games for the show. Uh, and My Hero I, Wants Justice? Yeah, I don't want to spoil any of the show. So I'm, I don't even want to look up if the game spoils the show so I don't ruin anything for myself. Mm. <laughs> so um, since you're caught up, Seth, maybe we'll we'll talk about it after this. You can go look up. And see if it's like a self-contained story. And, you know. But I, I, I do want to... Because I played such a long time ago. And I, I want to go back to it. I don't like Naruto that much as an anime. But I remember playing Naruto Rise of the Ninja. And that was one of the most fun video games I've ever played. <laughs> I really liked it. And it was an RPG fighting game. And it was really fun. And it included like a lot of exploring uh, the Leaf Village and everything, but it was legit just the story of the anime in a video game. Yeah. So, did you ever? I, mean, I imagine that's got to be something like what the My Hero game is. Yeah. Have you have what have you ever played uh, an anime's video game that you have been super into? Oh, probably no. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever been super into an anime enough to want to play the game, or if there have been games that were actually good for the anime that I watched. Yeah. I mean, you've never, besides like maybe the Dragon Ball, you were playing the Dragon Ball games? Um, yeah. The the well, awesome Game Boy so, Advance ones? No, I didn't play any of those. Most of oh, the... Dang. Most of the... The quote-unquote good Dragon Ball games that people like look back on, they were all on PlayStation, and I didn't, I didn't have PlayStation growing up, so I didn't really have much of an opportunity to play those games. Do you still have anything that you could play Game Boy Advance games on? Oh, uh, not here. I mean, I have my old DS Fat at my parents' house. Yeah, man. And of course, uh, emulators. So. The we'll talk about it, but the Dragon Ball Legacy of Goku Game Boy Advance games were so good, <laughs> and they were like top down, um, free roaming and stuff like that, and it was really neat. It was a it was a fun little 
beat em up game that I really enjoyed. But I I I think the only one that I've really been tempted to buy, and it's because it's been on sale, is like the Attack on Titan video games. But I've never pulled the trigger on them. Yeah. But I've bought a ton of the Dragon Ball fighting games. So Yeah, they're generally pretty good games. So I I dragged that out a little bit because I did not play that much this week, like I said. Um, realistically, I played some more Cuphead, and I finally beat uh, Rumor Honeybottoms, which is the name of the bee woman boss that I just beat. And that took me about an hour and a half last night, and it really tested my patience. Um, but yeah, this third island's really, really giving it to me, Seth. <laughs> it's I've only got three bosses left, I think, but they're really, really testing me. It's special. I'm sure you can get through it. Yeah. Um, And then I played Borderlands with you. Yes, we did. Game of the year. As much as the game would let us play, I should say. Yes, you you, you got to experience some of the things that I talked about the last time we talked about Borderlands. Right, so we, I want to do some redactions here. We talked about playing Borderlands HD, I believe it was last week or the week. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was two episodes ago. Right, and so we talked about that, and I had a perfectly great experience with it, no issues, and Seth, you know, was mentioning that his bullets weren't hitting people, and yeah, I, I didn't have as great of a time that in our, through our uh, first couple playthroughs. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, that is because the game has a real issue with uh, whoever is not the host of a game. Yeah, we found this out, uh, and, and and it was only really because I got we initially started playing, and you were hosting. Um, and then I got booted from the game right before you turned in an objective. And so I didn't get the progress for it. So then I hosted the game when I got back in uh, to turn the objective back in. And that's when uh, the issues started for you. And suddenly my game started playing perfectly. Yeah. You, you, had a, you realized that you were playing a great game um, that was very smooth and very little issues. And I was playing a very janky game that none of my bullets were going where I was aiming. The frame rate dropped the moment something else besides me was moving in my field of view. And every time I tried to drive in a vehicle, the game just broke around me. So I would have to just ride in the vehicle with you. And then on top of that, we played, I would say we had like a solid two hours of gameplay where it was, I mean, it was on and off, but it was fine. And then for some reason last night, comparatively fine. for some reason last night, it took me, before we gave up, it was around 30 to 40 minutes of me getting kicked every time I jumped in your game. (laughs) No matter, like we even tried, Seth dropped out of his game completely started a new session and then i jumped into that one that didn't work yeah it was a definitely a struggle for you um 
And also considering the issues with like turning in quests and, and even just doing objectives when the other person is having is not able to connect, uh, there's nothing really I could do either. Um, and this went on for about like half an hour. We couldn't we couldn't really do anything. Uh, and it made it very clear that there are um, there are major issues with the uh, online multiplayer in this game. Yeah, I can only imagine how bad it might be if four people are playing together. So I, on one hand, am kind of happy that uh, more of our friends, because I, I really encouraged your brother and um, a couple other people to get this, because I knew we were going to replay it. And now I'm kind of glad that um, maybe they they didn't get too many people with this, because it's... It's kind of broken if you're playing online multiplayer. Now, if you're playing by yourself or if you're the host, smooth as silk. The game is good. Yeah. But but the moment you are Honestly, it was know, it was kind of a revelation when when I first like noticed that I was able to shoot people in the places I was aiming. Um without like even zooming in. Like, I was just pointing and pulling the trigger, and the bullets were going where I was aiming, and it was crazy. Uh, like, it's usually a thing that you take for granted in a, in a video game, but I had become so used to not <laughs> everything working wrong that it was, it was, it was like, uh, like a light had, had gone off. Yeah, and it was like a light had been smashed for me. Yeah. Because I had... It's like my positivity train came to a screeching halt and it it was it was special. I I don't know, I tweeted at them yesterday <laughs> like hey, why is this so broken? hoping that I would get a response but nothing. So, I don't know. Hopefully they fix it with an update or something cuz I am really enjoying replaying this old game, but it's just it's like it's fighting us actively yeah and it's it's so annoying because i'm sitting there and i'm listing off what's happening in front of me and seth was like oh yeah oh yeah that's normal yeah like he's and i'm just like oh my gosh and then <laughs> it's like it was um, so weird because you were so confused at what was going on and i was just hearing all your problems I was like yeah that's how the game works <laughs> yeah and i you I just di didn't quite like... I just thought maybe your internet was bad. And no, I tested my internet while we were playing, everyone. I was getting like 110 download. 110 megabytes. My internet is fine. It is the game. It, yeah. it, got, it got so bad for me at one point. The game froze in an issue. I sent Seth a picture of it where... It was. It gave me a like placeholder mission screen, where it was like header line two plot mission description playthrough description. <laughs> and it's it like it's something that they used as a placeholder, and it's rough. Yeah. So who knows? It's a uh, not great, but technically still playable mostly. It yeah, would, it would we, be nice if they fixed it though. We will, uh, through the stubbornness, finish it. I mean, we finished the pre-sequel through both, uh, and I say that even like the pre-sequels. The pre-sequel was great, 
The issue is me and Seth at the time both had shaky internet. So that was mainly the issue for that game. And so between my internet giving out and his, but now it might be better, but I don't want to go and replay. Yeah, we're not playing the pre-sequel again. Yeah. That that ain't happening. But yeah, I I streamed it on my mixer for an hour and a half yesterday, and during the, you know, the freezing, I gave up on the stream too, so... So, have you played anything else, Seth? I must ask. Oh, not really. Um, I mean, I, I'm i pretty... What I do basically now is just pop out the Switch and get in some rounds of Tetris and, and play in Smash online. Um, trying to get my Joker into Elite Smash, but it, it keeps not happening. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really... I don't really have any games that I am trying to start playing right now and of course there's the uh the elephant in the room that is Sekiro um and just it seems like this I've been away from it so long it just seems like insurmountable to try and go back and (laughs) and beat the two hardest bosses in the game um I think though I'm going to try and do it between now and the next episode um because if I don't, I'm probably just never gonna finish it. Yeah, I will. I will make sure. Also, I will commit to finishing Devil May Cry Five. There you go. Because every time I look at that thing, I feel very bad that I haven't finished it. Because I loved it, but like eight new games came out. Came out. So, um, yeah, Devil May Cry Five before next episode, and if you could do Sekiro. Hopefully. Yeah, and we can get some certifications for those games, which would be great. Because, you know, we yeah. we want to finish games before we certify them. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> we want to be able to have the full experience so we can uh, mark down whether we think people should uh, shell out the money to play it or not. Yeah, I need to... Because that's important. I need to go back and look at, listen for our certifications and and get a list and put it on our site. I don't know, man. Some of yours are pretty weak though. Ooh. Because there've been reviews where you have it seems like you have not liked the game or don't think it's that good and then you say it's certified. I try to keep it to a little bit of a higher standard. All right. All right. Well, we can I think that it's everything's always we can look back and change our minds. So, I will go back and look at our certifications and it'd be it'd be an interesting thing to do maybe maybe we'll save it for like the end of the year or like or we could do it for episode uh 100 where we go back and see how our minds have changed about certain games because you know as as times pass and and things kind of age in your mind you, you you tend to your opinions may change about something. And I know that I've brought that up on, on the podcast before about how um, games that I played during the year, which I didn't like that much at the end of the year, I, it turned out that I liked more in hindsight. Yeah, I can tell you I feel way differently about Destiny 2 now than I did the first uh, the review cast we did. Yeah, so I can tell you that I 
feel 100% the same about Assassin's Creed Odyssey as I do since the last <laughs> time I played it. Uh, yeah, I figured. Um, you, I mean, you're still playing it. Who knows? Every Everyone's still playing it. That game is so dang long. Yeah. Huh. But that's a that's a game I would like to finish the story at least, but I don't know that I'll ever do it just because ugh, it's not fun. Yeah. And because I because of the way I play, I'm inevi- inevitably drawn to do other things than just the story. Of course. And so it would take me forever. Of course. That's uh that's your brother's issue with Red Dead Redemption 2 right now and why he's given up, I think. Because even though he tries to sit down and force himself to do the story, he still invariably ends up doing side stuff. Yep. So, um, with that, I think that we should get to some news. Because there's, uh, it's been a very interesting couple weeks in gaming. Um, I think we skipped over the news the other week. This just popped in my head. We didn't go over it before. That... Did we talk about uh, Assassin's Creed Viking being like it got leaked? Or I feel like that happened a while ago. Oh. All right. So I think we talked about that. The reason it, it what came to my mind is because another Ubisoft leak happened today mm-hmm. for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yep. Which is supposed to be officially announced uh, for us tomorrow. For you listening to this today, um, or in or in the past, yeah, or in the past, yeah. So it's it's going to be dropped. The news for that's going to be dropped tomorrow at two thirty Eastern 9th. Standard Time, and it will. It's going to be the Wildlands follow up, which was a massive success. I think a lot of people played it. A lot of my friends really liked it. So really. Yeah. That's crazy cuz the sentiment that I saw on Twitter, which you know, who knows how reliable that is, but was one of like a sigh of relief that it wasn't Wildlands 2. Really? Yeah. So I don't know. I I mean, I remember Wildlands coming out and people being kind of meh about it, even though it was still like fun to play. Yeah, I think that's what is that like it got a second win cuz a lot of people figured out it was fun. And it got that uh, that old Ubisoft boost that all their games get when they're out for 30 days and they drop to $30. Yeah, so, that's true. So, you know, that uh, that old Far Cry Assassin's Creed discount that we take advantage of yep. every year. Whereas the game on release is maybe not that great. It's for half off, you know, it's a great value. Exactly. And... <laughs> If only we had waited for Far Cry 5 to be $30. Honestly, if we had done that, my opinion on it might be different. Yeah. If I hadn't spent $60 on it, then yeah. We'll have to see. Once um, once Far Cry New Dawn is discounted, I think we should get it and see how we feel about it. All right. I'm, I mean, I'd be in for that. That game has a... Although... Has a also, I kind of don't want to. ...weird aesthetic that I could be into. So Yeah. So that got announced slash leaked... And then there was some, you may have remembered me and Seth being very excited about this small trailer that came out a couple months ago, um, maybe a year ago, for Digimon Survive, which is a... Oh, yeah. I'm still excited for it. Oh, yeah. I honestly, yeah. It's 
it's one that pops in my head every so often. And um, two retailers, uh, I, I can't remember which ones, um, posted cover art and a release date for October mm. of this year. I'll take it. And that game is coming out on Switch and PS4, and there has been news in certain uh, magazines and stuff that there's going to be big news for Survive in July. So hopefully that's when that stuff will be officially announced. Hopefully I'll survive that long. Ooh. <laughs> also, the, some Spanish retailers accidentally, uh, maybe early leaking, uh, listed Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory for Switch, uh, and then they took it down. Now there's a great game. So... Seth, if you like Digimon, Seth did play that game, and oh, yeah. I love Digimon. I'm, I would be tempted to get that again and play it again. Really? That was yeah. how long was that? You said I think you was. I mean, it was a it was a lengthy game. Yeah, but you liked it. I did, but I love Digimon, so I'll play almost anything with Digimon in them, except for Digimon World Next Order, because that game didn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, is there, uh, is there any news you have, Seth, that you... Well, I saw that, um, EB Games Canada, uh, had listing, Nintendo Switch listings for Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition and Biomutant. Ooh. Yeah. Man. So, also, Capcom, for some reason, announced the other day that the first Devil May Cry and the first Devil May Cry only is coming to Switch. Yeah. And so... All these old games getting that, you know, trying to get some of that Switch love. The Devil May Cry, uh, Darth, Darksiders 2. Yep. Which I, I still need to give Darksiders 3 a chance. I liked 1 and 2. I forgot that game came out and I just remembered. <laughs> and then. My issue with Darksiders 3 is that they made up uh, one, a horseman of the apocalypse, Horsewoman. Of the uh, well, does it is it really have a gender? It seems to just be it's a, a symbol, an entity. Yeah. I think they're all just entities. Yeah, it certainly is coded as a woman. So, with that, yeah, the, and then Biomutant, which is weird because that's a new game. Yeah, so coming, it's supposed to be out next March. Really? And, yeah, a game I am excited for, which was revealed in 2017. Yeah, that game, every time there's something shown about it, it looks I just always remember it as the one with the like squirrel thing with the spear. Yep. That's that's the only way I can think of it ever. So Yeah, it's it it looks weird, but I'm about it. I remember Andrea was also super about it, so she probably still is. So um Yeah, that game looks I don't if from what I've seen of that game, I don't know how they're going to get to run on Switch, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it looks pretty. It'll probably ambitious. have a. It'll probably definitely have a visual downgrade. Right. But who knows? So I want to get to um, some other stuff. Um, it was announced earlier this week that. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is the cover for Game Informer this month, which is a pretty big deal because I'm pretty sure, as some Twitter people pointed out, that it is the first time a Switch exclusive 
has had the cover of Game Informer since Breath of the Wild. Mm. Which is not even not even Odyssey had it. I don't think so. Crazy. So I think maybe Odyssey was the centerpiece of like the game of the year issue because it came out so late. Yeah, that could be it. But yeah, I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild was the last Switch exclusive to be the cover. And even then, that was a Switch Wii U game. So Nintendo exclusive, I guess. True. So there's a bunch of information in there. Um, Two big things that jumped out to me was that Team Ninja um, has been in charge of development while Marvel Games provided the writing talent and character selections. So it wasn't just Team Ninja making this game with minor input from Marvel. They, they're working hand-in-hand. Hand. And Nintendo was the publisher, of course. And the, apparently the reason this game came about was because Nintendo came to Marvel Games and gave them a early, early prototype of the Switch and was like, hey, this is what's coming. And Marvel just Marvel Games was like, oh, yeah, we know what we want to put on this. And mm. it was Ultimate Alliance 3. <laughs> so, I mean, I could definitely see that, especially because of the co-op aspect of Ultimate Alliance. So, because playing with four people in that game is really fun, especially with, like, the team-up moves and everything. So, yeah. It's a good time. I mean, it's hope it'll be interesting to see how they have updated the mechanics because uh, I can imagine playing that would probably feel a little dated today. Yeah, but um, it it would probably still be fun, and I imagine it will be fun. They they announced that there's 27 characters so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, and Hawkeye, which just recently got announced in the magazine. Um, so there's going to be more. They also announced that Groot and Rocket are one character together. Mm, that's pretty cool. Which is cool, but also they could have been separate characters. But, I mean, one of them is tiny, so, you know. Yes. I don't know that they would need to be uh, separate characters. It's like it's like making the Ice Climbers two different characters. Yeah. I kind of hope that... And I know that this is a weird hope, but I, I really would like for maybe the Black Order to be secret unlockable characters. So that I hope you so. could play as like the Ebony Maw and stuff. And yeah. Corvus Glaive and everything. Yes. Obviously. Uh, so that would cool. be, be really neat. Hopefully they add more characters. Because I'm trying to remember how many characters were in Ultimate Alliance 2. Oh my gosh. You would have to... I because <laughs> I feel like it was I feel like it was a lot. There was a lot because that was the Civil War angle. Um, so, but the issue with that game was that you lost access to like half the characters when you chose a side. Mm, so, right. <laughs> it was it was annoying. I was not very happy about that when I played it, but it was fine because I got to be with my boy Cap. So. Um, let's see, before we get to the more serious news, let's do the, uh, possibility Randy Pitchford tweeted about 
there being uh, maybe no DLC characters for Borderlands 3. He Interesting. He responded to a tweet uh, asking about it with, uh, we are focused on the main game for now, but my feelings are that it might be better for us to put our time into expanding what the existing Vault Hunters can do and how interesting their future growth is instead of adding new ones to start over with. Data seems to support this. So it's it's a an interesting proposition and I kind of understand it. It's sort of what Destiny did and they re- and um whatever that thing was called, the the new the the expansion where they kind of they added things that retooled the way different classes supers works and and turned them into brand new supers. Um so I could see how that would work and it would it would let give them like more customization. Um, the also the issue with that though is is that would require more uh, leveling up more, getting more um exper- more experience points. Um, but you know that sort of comes with the the territory. Um, so I could see how it works, and it sort of makes sense. Like it is kind of. It's cool. It was always cool when new characters came out, but the problem is you have to start over with them and basically get two playthroughs in to really uh figure out how how they play and how you want to play as them. And so it's a lot of unless you're really committed or you have a group of people who are all starting again, it's 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 a it's a lot of an undertaking just to be able to play as a new character. Yeah. Um so it's sort of it makes some sense because doing just updating the characters as they are and maybe giving them new action skills. Uh, and I mean, they've already laid the framework with each of the characters having three separate action skills. So you can just give them new stuff. Um, and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be weird. Um, but I think it does. The things would still have to be themed to what the characters are. So it, it would cert it would remove adding wholly original stuff um like one of the characters the dlc characters in the pre-sequel was a handsome jack body double right um and his like his ability had i forget what it was it was something like he made like clones of himself or something i don't know but his whole character was like the whole shtick was that you were playing as handsome jack um and that's not really something you could add on to another character um, there was one character who had a, one DLC character in the pre-sequel who, who was, like, her skills were all ice-based, um, and again, that's not really any of, that's not, none of the other characters were themed like that, and so it's not really something you could add on, so it does limit that at least a little bit, um, but I think it does make more sense to give new stuff to the characters you're already playing as and already familiar with. Uh, and not forcing people to start over um, and put in all these hours to get a new character. Yeah, I mean, I can get on board with that. But I do, I don't know, I did love playing through with different characters. Yeah, it is fun. And we, we'll we see. Um, I imagine once, you know, all the all the DLC packs are out, and whatever other weird stuff they've got cooked up after that, I wouldn't be surprised if we got another new character. Yeah, because I, I feel like, and this is maybe, 
I know you mentioned the ice powers and everything. I feel like the DLC characters is where they got more experimental, which was more fun. Yeah. Because, like, um, the Psycho was way experimental. The Yeah, Mecro- the Psycho was... Krieg was very different than... I mean, it, he had an analog and brick from the first game just because their uh, action skills were made, turned them into melee characters. But... Yeah, it was a it was a unique idea that that was sort of entirely different than what the other characters were. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm really excited for this. Um and I mean, you know, if if and obviously Randy and Gearbox have the numbers. So if if data seems to support that people weren't playing as multiple characters then maybe it would be better to just pump that development time into the game and yeah. into guns and stuff like that. Yeah, and I wonder, like, I'm sure a lot of people bought all the characters, but I wonder how many played all of them. Like, I was really excited when um, Gage came out uh, for Borderlands 2. Yeah. Um, And I remember we started a new playthrough, and I started playing as her, but I just got kind of bored because of I had already done... I already played Borderlands 2 so much, and... I didn't want to have to... And starting at the beginning with the underpowered character is not exactly fun. And Gage was the big the big pre-order setup because yeah. she she came for free if you pre-ordered the game and redeemed the code um, along with the golden box guns. So Now, a way you could alleviate that is is also looking at Destiny and what they do with the expansions is giving like the instant level up. So if you if you like have a character and you've already completed a, a playthrough, oh uh, yeah yeah yeah, like give let 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 you be able to start a new character in a second playthrough with all of the the level ups already gained. Yeah, that could that could be a way to do it too. I'm with you. That's a good idea. I don't know if they'll do that, especially since they are doing this like level boosting type thing where you know yeah you... the um yeah the level scaling right with, with with people yeah but i mean that's also optional uh and the point of this wouldn't really be to would wouldn't be about difficulty it would just be about enhancing characters i don't know yeah, who I don't know how they would how they would tackle it. Whether that's something they would do, or even if they will do uh, new characters. Yeah. Um, but it, it would not surprise me if while they're developing stuff, they come up with a cool idea and they're like, "Well, I know we said we weren't going to do any new characters, but here's one because we thought it was cool." So, um, just a brief. I did look up while you were doing your beautiful uh, description. Um, of Borderlands characters and stuff. Uh, there was about 25 to 30 characters after DLC characters for Ultimate yeah, Alliance what, 2. what, total? Yeah. Oh, okay. Total. Okay, so I guess... Which I thought there my was mind, more, My but... mind playing tricks on me. Yeah, I guess if there's like already 24 in the, in the roster, then that seems like a good... That's probably a good amount. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other piece of... Um, non more serious news, I guess, um, that we're gonna cover is that there's a PlayStation State of Play tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that 
will possibly be very fun. <laughs> they are teasing that there's a never-before-seen game there, and there's going to be some reveals. So one of the people from... What did I say it was yesterday, Seth? Um, I don't know. I think it was one of the people from Square Enix um, was tweeting about it and retweeted a tweet of it and said, oh, so you've come. And Oh, so, yes. It was like one of the top guys, like a president or something. Yeah. I don't remember. So Yeah, that should... So hopefully it'll be better than the previous one, which was a bummer. Yeah. Uh, it's Shinji Hashimoto. Um, but he's worked on a ton of the stuff. He's a big dude. So... I'm excited. I, you know, I'm always ready for, to be let down by stuff like this. But um, a lot of people are theorizing that maybe he's talking about it because we're going to get uh, release date news about the long-awaited and eagerly anticipated Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles HD remaster. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, which would be great. And it, it's weird, though, because of the proximity to E3. And I know they said they're they they took Sony's spot, so they they need yeah, something so big. Yeah, it's, so it's I mean, yeah, you wonder what Square Enix would be showing, um, that would be big enough to talk about it here, but not important enough that they would be like it, it can't be something huge because that's they would be saving that for E3. So I don't know. Right. I mean, it could just be an announcement of something, and then. They will elucidate more details at E3, but who knows? We'll see. So we've got uh, the 2.30 announcement uh, for whatever. It's a general Ubisoft announcement, but it's going to be Ghost Recon. And then we have the 6 p.m. state of play tomorrow. So there's going to be some good video game news dropping tomorrow. And so with that, we had a couple of interesting things happen this week that I yeah, feel... Yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of movement and, and shaking in the in- games industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to do any of it in any injustice, um, so I'm going to speak of what I know because I've read multiple articles. Um, but there has been a large amount of uh, conversation around Riot Games the past it's it's been most of this year really um, yeah so um, a few months ago Kotaku posted like an investigative report right. about um, the kind of sexist culture that was going on in in, uh, in Riot Games studio props to Cecilia Anastasio uh, for that, she did great, and it's it's very in depth, and the interviews are kind of very sad. Um, it's you know just really detailing um, a lot of bro culture and uh, sexism, and there's one story in there that's kind of heartbreaking where uh, this woman brings up an idea in a meeting, and everyone kind of shoots it down and ignores her. Uh, and she goes to a trusted friend and has him bring it up in the a meeting so like two weeks later. And everyone 
applauds him basically and tells him what a great idea that is and it's just the exact same idea just brought up by a dude instead of by her <laughs> and it's very uh, I laugh because I'm uncomfortable I'm sorry but it's very just heavy that stuff like that exists in workplaces today when I don't think I would look at things that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot more in-depth conversation and articles written about it on Kotaku, but I do want to bring up how great it is that there's there was a walkout this week to show support for these people and um it was very interesting because it was 150 people walked out of riot games and they specifically said that they're not protesting riot games they want to work there they like working there they just want it to be better and for their policies to be better and for them to be heard essentially yeah so um the the big issue that they were they they were calling for was the was ending forced arbitration in the contracts of the employees yeah um which basically um there are multiple there have been multiple uh employees that have filed litigation against the company basically for right. for for the stuff that's going on and Having forced arbitration in their contracts makes uh, it it basically waives employees' rights to go to to, to sue the company and go to trial, um, and instead they have to meet with a third party arbitrator, uh, and 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 these cases it's it's uh, much more costly for employees. Um, it, the stuff usually arbitrators usually weigh in in favor of um, the employer, um, and basically you know employees have no real recourse in in changing what are what are binding agreements um binding judgments by an arbitrator uh and the arbitrators they don't really have to abide by um certain laws or uh different legislation um they just kind of make a judgment and that's it um and that can be an issue in a company where this kind of pervasive sexist culture is happening and it basically gives the employees no real no real avenue to enact change in the working environment um and so that's what that was the big issue that was raised in these walkouts um and you know to ride's credit they kind of they released a statement saying that they, you know, they're supporting these people and they're supporting the 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 people who are employees who are walking out, um, and there's not going to be any official. Uh, what was the word? I want to say I want to say retribution by the company, but that that, that seems <laughs> that a little harsh. But basically, yeah. yeah, basically that's the idea. There's not going to be any um, consequences. Yes. Uh, at least not officially from employees, but um, one of the demonstrators, I, I saw a quote that she fully expects there's going to be 
um, consequences in the work environment because there are there were people in the studio that didn't walk out, right, uh, and course. there are there are inevitably going to be those who are disgruntled that um, that these people are walking out on work that they're trying to get finished, um, and you know the kind of the sort of the way our our culture works is is, is that in cases like this employees can be put at odds against each other because you know all of their their livelihood and their security and their um insurance and all the stuff they need to live comes from that job and so when what the thing that is ensuring your job security is the quality of the product you are creating and when you have and and then to have people who are on your team supposed to be helping you um basically walking out of work that it can create this sort of toxic um toxic environment where you are opposed to the people who have your interests in mind it's 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 not great and right. it's kind of hard to explain um but that's the general idea um yeah, so I'm sure that's going to happen, and it's it's likely going to be tough for these people. Um, but it's a very this is a very big step um, in helping the games industry um, move toward a better state for the worker, because um, this is like the first the first walkout at a major game studio, um, and. At Hopefully. least that I remember. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, it might have happened at smaller studios, but um, never, never at a place as big, and never been as uh, happened in public as this. Um, and so, hopefully, this will not only lead to better conditions in Riot Games, um, but hopefully, it will embolden and empower other wor- workers at other game studios who are facing similar or worse conditions. Mhm. Yeah. Um yeah, if you if you want to know more about that, um if you really feel led, there's a ton of great think pieces like we said before on Kotaku and I think The Verge and Vice have maybe written some stuff on it too, so uh go check those articles out because they get very in-depth into it. And it's it's an interesting situation, for sure. But it could lead to a lot of good if um, Riot is actually listening. So um, the, the other piece of interesting news that was brought up this week was... Actually, um, oh, go ahead. before we move to that, because this, the second one is important, but... Um, there was another. There was an interesting uh, piece that, that was on Kotaku today um, about a, a certain employee working um, for uh, I forget what the developer, the the people who make Mortal Kombat. Um, Nether realms. Yeah, because it's interesting talking about like the effects of wor- certain work environments, whether they're good or bad, and uh, we talked a lot about the the way crunch affects people and just. Um, the the toll that game development takes on people. Well, there's this great um, this great 
article, this great piece about a, one employee working for, for NetherRealms on Mortal Kombat and how um, it's something you don't you don't think about um, because Mortal Kombat's a very graphic game and there are these, you know, it has these gory, over-the-top fatalities. Um, oh, and, God. I didn't like, read you that don't, article, but I can see where this is going. You don't think about, like... It's easy to play the game and not take those seriously, and you don't really think about the people developing it. But there, Kotaku ran the story about one developer there and how basically he got PTSD from working at Nether Realms, like working uh, specifically on fatalities. And he was like every day he was went into work and was surrounded by like like people watching videos of hangings and executions and. Um, all the kind of research that you have to do to be able to accurately depict the the graphic and bloody nature of killing these characters and he's just you're just surrounded by it at work every day and this guy started to have these very um vivid violent dreams uh about it uh to the point where he would stop sleeping for days at a time just because he didn't want to experience those dreams anymore Oh uh, and apparently there there are there were multiple people at the studio that have been experiencing stuff like that and people who have left because like there was one one former employee who who said that every time they looked at their dog that all they saw was like the viscera of of the insides of the dog just because that they had been looking at it so much um and so it, it's weird because th- it's it doesn't it's not a, like a one to one equates with what's going on at riot um but it's it's just these these things that we don't we sort of take for granted uh how um we take for granted what it must be like to to work and and to we take for granted the the amount of work it, it that goes into making these games that we love and the 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 toll that it it has on the people working there and we sort of we don't really think about this stuff and so um these little things it it seems to be more and more that we are seeing individual pieces on the realities of game development and for a long time this is we we've seen none of this uh and so hopefully like i think we are we are moving toward a place of of change for the better in in game development uh and stuff like this it's it's important to be able to see these perspectives from game developers and and the kind of day in day out toll that that the creation of stuff that we love uh that that what it does to people yeah that's horrific i didn't read that article but i saw it and i part of me is glad i didn't read it but part of me also feels like i need to because it yeah, just the not not the just say the exact same thing, but just not realizing what people have to go through to make these things so realist, these games so realistic. Like I can only imagine like how horrific some of the death scenes in like Tomb Raider were for Lara Croft, like what people had to watch to make that, you know, be as accurate as it could be. And stuff like that, like, geez, that's very rough. 
it's very interesting how um, society has kind of um, started to be more open about the hardships of what they're going through. And um, I think it can really lead to some good changes in the workplace and maybe more of an appreciation for the people and what they're creating. So at least that's my take on it. Yeah. Um, with that, I feel like this is a bad follow-up now, but um, there was legislation um, passed this past week, or not passed, it was, I think, yeah. brought up. Today, there was... Um, oh, it was today? My yes, bad. it happened, it happened it earlier yesterday. today. Um, Senator Josh Hawley of uh, Missouri, he introduced a bill um, called the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act. Um, basically ban loot boxes and pay to win games, uh, in, in video games that are targeted, uh, to minors. Um, the, there's a good quote that he had in the, in the press release. Uh, when a game is designed for kids, game developers shouldn't be allowed to monetize addiction. And when kids play games designed for adults, they should be walled off from compulsive microtransactions. Game developers who knowingly exploit children should face legal consequences. So it's kind of a big deal um, uh, because of how pervasive pay-to-win mechanics and loot boxes and even like cosmetic microtransactions have become uh, in games today. Uh, and this um, is basically trying to get rid of them because of the predatory tactics they use to sap money out of people yeah it's it's interesting and i i'm interested to see what happens to games like candy crush and stuff like that and see how it affects um you know how it affects these games and how so like imagine if and this was something that we thought about the other day, and maybe this echoed what you said, but imagine if a game is rated T for teen, right? Like, say, mm -hmm. um, Shadows of Mordor, which very obviously had a pay-to-win part of it before they took it out. Imagine if Shadow some, of War, actually. Shadow of War, yeah, was, was out, and it was rated T for teen. Do you think that game developers would have to start rating them M for Mature to stop kids under 18 buying them because well, I they mean, have pay to win things in them i don't know i i mean i think that the point is to get rid of them entirely um because like it even says one of them four games that are uh that designed for adults that they have to include way they have to in, basically have proactive ways of preventing uh minors from from buying this stuff um, which you know, I don't know how they would do that. It seems like the easiest way would just to be get would be to get rid of the microtransactions. Um, so I don't know, um, but it will certainly if if this passes and um, it will create it would be a large shakeup to many game companies. I could think of there's there's definitely a few who come to mind who 
rely heavily on microtransactions for uh, their main source of income, and right. it would um, it would it seems like it, it might enact a heavy toll on some of those companies. Yeah, one of them is two uh, vowels. Yeah. So yeah, that's certainly, uh, and I mean, let's be let's be frank. This basically, the cause of this, like this, kind of all stemmed from what EA did with Star Wars Battlefront Two when it came out, and the just ludicrous way that it was monetized, um, and that game kind of got the attention of a lot of people, uh, and so if if this leads to the the banning of of loot boxes and that stuff in games and it's EA's own doing. Yeah, ain't I that mean, the truth? Yeah, and you know I think we'd be we'd be better off for it. Uh, EA certainly wouldn't. But then again, they also they had one of their best fiscal years and got rid of a million employees. So who cares about EA? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The game industry is really interesting. <laughs> Especially in this day and age, because it's something, and maybe maybe it's just now that we're, no, it's not, because I paid attention to a ton of the news my whole, like, since the internet has really been a thing. Um, like, it's just so interesting that now, you know, it's starting to be cracked open, what, what really is going on. And um, I think it's, uh, the reason we talk about on the show, um, is that I think it's good to look at it in the face instead of ignore it because nothing is going to be fixed if you just ignore it. And so even if we clumsily handle it sometimes, it yeah. it I needs mean, could, to be looked at. I could certainly talk about the way the different ways society does that. Like the United States basically its infrastructure is designed to push stuff to to make the inconvenient stuff uh, not in the public eye, and rather than trying to actually fix it, that was actually yeah. one of that was basically the the project I did in my uh, interdisciplinary studies capstone class. Oh, nice! Um, yeah, so it's certainly something that's been on my mind, and I could I, I don't know how long I could talk about it eloquently, but I could certainly have thoughts on it. But I, yeah, I, so it's. Yeah. That's ne- that's not that's neither here nor there, but it is important to kind of talk about this stuff because um, you know this is this is the big news and and not only that it's not just like it's not it's not just news it it's important to the future of the games industry and we love games and we want the industry to continue but we also want it to be uh sustainable a healthy yeah sustainable and a healthy place for people to work so they can continue to make the games that we love exactly um, yeah so with it's it's interesting that uh not to uh cut you off david because i know you're you're trying to end the podcast no you but go you i'm not stopping you. it is interesting that this came up so close to uh randy pitchford going insane on twitter about um what was it like game informer or something running the the story about the borderlands having micro even though they're not they're yeah. not a necessity but the way they are the way they're 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 marketed like a game like overwatch the 
the cosmetics are they're not vital to gameplay but they are absolutely marketed in a way that makes people want to buy them yeah and you know Randy Pitchford he went up on stage and was like we're not going to have loot boxes or microtransactions and it's like oh well actually we are but you know that's Randy Pitchford he's a yes he's also done some other stuff that's not great yeah, that's that that whole story is is a whole another can of worms that I feel like we could talk for fifteen minutes about. Um, Randy Pitchford's a very complicated uh, figure in the games industry sometimes, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, but we we can talk about that another week because there. I have a feeling that there's probably more to that story that's coming out. Yes, certainly. Probably going to come out soon, (laughs) to be honest. Um, But we always appreciate you listening and um, being patient with us as we maybe stumble through certain news or, um, you know, we always appreciate the support. Thanks to David uh, Simmons for uh, watching the stream and hanging out with us while we played borderlands uh yesterday and tried to anyway thanks for yeah and for talking to us a little bit about game of thrones in the chat which was pretty fun but yeah it's we like interacting with you guys so if you want to get at us on social media uh please do that um you can message us you can tweet us you can do whatever um submit you know impressions you have for a game um you know we'll we read everything and uh we appreciate suggestions on what you maybe want to hear us talk about yeah so with that um that's it for the the plug bag i think besides uh next weekend i will be at megacon orlando handing out stickers so uh if you see me i'll have a suplex the sticks hat on and I'll have a ton of stickers in my camera. So uh, if you see me, say hi. I don't know if anyone will or not, but, you know, just in case. But with that, we will talk at you next week for sure. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>